Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. This is always fun. Welcome to the program, Tony. How are you, sir? Happy Friday to you. How you doing? Hey, happy Friday to you, P. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm doing all right. I'm a little yeah. tired. I stayed up a little bit too late last night, you know, but... Uh, uh, oh, well, I understand. Yeah. I understand that. When you work hard, sometimes you got to stay up a little late. That's hey, true. Know? Work hard, and I got up early. We started walking during the mornings. My wife and I would do, our, do a walk in the morning, so yeah. That's... Oh, you're married. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. How about you? Are you married? I am. Oh, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Good for About you. 20, 22 years, yeah. Congratulations. No, oh, thank you. Okay, but yeah, um, when you were talking about the abortion issue, and you said that uh, it was Gut, Gut Matcher Institute, was that it? Gut Mocker, yeah. Gut Mocker that you was quoting? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, you got your, I think you got your demographics numbers wrong. How's that? Um, on that. Um, and, and, and another thing, this whole abortion thing, I think it's just a population uh, issue opposed to somebody caring about, you know what I'm saying, as much as they say they do. But it's but, definitely a population issue. It's a population issue. Oh, definitely. And, and, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, yeah. We're, I mean we're, we're, we're killing, like in South Carolina, they're killing 1,000 people a month. So definitely an impact on population, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and with that, I, you know, I don't know by state, but as far as just abortion patients nationwide, it's like 39% of those are white, 28% are black, 25% are Hispanic, 6% is Asian Pacific, and 3% of other, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I think the numbers that the, the numbers that I was citing that came from the Guttmacher Institute, which is a, that is a pro-abortion institute, like they are, they're like really for it. They, they were looking at the number, uh, it says an increasing percentage of abortions are performed on both African-American women and Hispanic women. So they were comparing that to the last survey that they had done seven years prior, and all they did was note that there is a growing percentage of uh, of black and Hispanic abortions while there is a declining percentage as compared to seven years prior. Um, but I, don't, I, I didn't see any other stats that they, that they talked about as far as the percentages go. Yeah, it's on their page. It's it, on their page. And, and, and the thing about it is this, the, the, the way it was framed, the way I heard it, maybe it wasn't framed that way, Maybe I heard it that way. That, and I was interested in looking at when you said that. I didn't know uh, that the African-American community uh, was, was, uh, uh, was, or ladies were having uh, the most abortions in the nation. And, that, and for a population uh, uh, the size of our population compared to the majority population, I, I, I thought that was really incredible. So, well, and yeah, well, and, to, and to, to that point, Tony, um, African Americans have now been uh, replaced as the as the largest minority group by Hispanics in America. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Right, yeah. and so and so take those two pieces of information together, and yeah, I, I mean, if I mean how how much larger of a population would would blacks make up in America had they not been the largest group having abortions? Yeah, and and I, you know what, and the thing about it is. If 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 if, if uh, uh, white women continue to have abortions at the rate that they are, then that's going to put white folks in a minority position. 
And that's something that uh, that a lot of the majority community really don't want to, don't even want to think about. Well, well, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody really doubts that the whole, you know, demographics is destiny thing. Yeah, I mean, everybody, my entire life, I mean, I'm going to be 50 in my entire life, I've heard. Are you that old? Are you, are you going to be 50, really? Yeah, no, I sound very young. I, I, I you know, I'm hip with all of the, I'm hip with really? all of the young culture. Um, but yeah. really young. Yeah, yeah. so. Oh, man. Hey, you, you know what? Hey, I apologize to you, but I thought you, oh, I thought you was a kid, man. You, <laughs> you're going to be 50, you 50 years old? That's right. I'm wise beyond my years. You're wise beyond your years. That's right. Absolutely. I, I've been told I have a very young soul. No. Um, hey, hey, you probably do, man. No. No, no, no. So, like, so here's the thing. My entire life, man, I, we've been told that, uh, that, the, that whites would become the minority would be, and eventually, you know, everybody kind of becomes a minority group. There will be no sort of dominant, you know, like whites have been in America for, you know, 200, 300 years. Like, yeah, that, that they're not replacing, white people are not replacing uh, their population. You and, know what? I work, I, let me tell you this. I work in agriculture, right? Okay. And so, of course, the United States give visas to uh, all these countries uh, to have uh, ag people come in and, and work. Right. And so, and so I work with a lot of South Africans. Well, all of, them, all of them are white South Africans, but I work with a lot of South Africans. And I always have this discussion with them about how it feels to be a minority uh, uh, from their perspective. You know what I mean? And right. they're really trying to get visas and really trying to move to the United States permanently. You know, they have to go through a long process with that. It's not like they can walk to the border and walk on over. So, so, so you know, they, they, uh, but, but I've had some really, really interesting conversations about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I, I really like, like, like Pete, man, to be honest with you, man, I wish all those um, uh, pronouns that we use and, 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 and things of that nature, man, I wish we would do away with it, man, because when it all boils down to it, I truly believe you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, and so, and I like calling, haggling you, making you, you know what I'm saying? What? That's my, that's my fun to you. Oh, like no way. And so, <laughs> and so, and so, and so but, but I wish we could, uh, wish we could throw all those away, man. And cause, cause we, we do live in the greatest country in the, in the world. No doubt about it. Absolutely. But, 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 but if, but if, uh, if, if, if we, if we don't get rid of the pronouns as, as much as we do and, so on and so forth, man. We're gonna go down, man. You're ta- so when you say the pronouns, you're talking about the the sort of the demographic descriptors: black, white, Hispanic, that stuff. Uh, or are you talking about he, him, they, them, uh, no, she, no, her? No, 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 okay. no. I don't, that, that, those are very important. <laughs> those are very important. I, I get in trouble right now because when I run into a transgender, and if it's a male, and I say he, you know, they get offended. But yes. I, hey, man, I, I can't. Hey, I, I, what, what do you want me to do? I can't. I can't call a snake a rabbit. You can't do that. You know wow. I mean? so, yeah. No. So, all right. So, when you're talking, so when you were saying about the pronouns, so you you meant racial identifiers. Yeah, minorities. Um, 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 I mean, just 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 in context of of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, that's the yeah. thing, though. I don't ever use these descriptors as anything other than what they are, right? I mean, that like, right. the, the, you know, the old joke, like, I don't see color, you know, the United Colors of Benetton kind of thing where people are like, oh, I don't see color. And like, now you can't say that sort of thing. But, you know, right. the, the, the smallest minority is the individual, right? The individual is a minority of one. And that's how I right. view people. Now, there are... There are racial demographics, and if, to an extent, there are like if if a demographic is seeing something inside its population that other populations are not seeing, 
uh, or are not experiencing or aren't behaving the same way or aren't getting certain opportunities, then yes, then there's something to be viewed there, right? And the, and then that might be important to designate. And so, like, in the abortion debate, there is definitely something going on. Like, why are more black women than any other racial group having more abortions per their numbers, right? Why is that happening? Right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, uh, because, I mean, they... Uh, and, and uh, oh man, you about to make me indulge something that I really didn't want to do, but Uh-oh. but uh, but but you know, I, I mean, I, for for, my, for myself, I, I I'll be totally honest with you, I, I've experienced, I haven't experienced having an abortion, but I was part of an abortion. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something, man. Woo, that is something that haunts me to this day. Yeah. This day. Um, no, I'm sure. And so and so, I mean. You know, I, I, I don't I don't want to step on nobody's toes about what they want to do in their life. You know what I'm saying? That's that's totally up to them. But you don't want to go that route if you took my advice because it always comes back in your mind as to what if yeah. and what would and you know and, and that's and, and that that's what is what, when I die is is, is, the, is the Lord going to say, hey man, what, what what was this for? Yeah, I don't have any answers for that, Pete. You yeah. Know what I mean? No, I, I can only imagine that. I and I yeah, yeah I, and yeah. I've heard similar stories. And I'm I, so I'm curious. Was that ever anything that uh, was counseled for you or your partner at the time? Like, was that anything that some that that anybody in in that profession in that in that industry that said, "Hey, you know, just a heads up, you know, have you thought about this for like the long term?" And and people have regrets about this. Was any of that kind of on the radar or discussed? Uh, no. No, yeah. um, no, I and uh, and I think that's I mean, wrong. I think that's wrong. I think they should have. Yeah, 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 I think they should have yeah. talked with you about that. Probably so. And I, and and, and you you and I are of, of the same generation. I, I'm about you. You're more my wife age. I'm about I'm about five years older than you guys. But it's still right no there. way. You sound like you're twenty. Come on, man. Don't even try. <laughs> Don't even try. But, but 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 honestly though, yeah yeah. So so no, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't that you know no counseling or anything. And I and I agree with you 100. percent I mean. Maybe it should have been some counseling. Maybe, you know, yeah. it was just a matter of I was very, very young. It's no excuse, though. If you're young enough to be in practice and that what you're doing, then you're young enough to go out here and get a job and do what you got to do. You right. Know what I mean? so, well, and, and it is yeah. this, that is the thing that I have heard is that people feel like they and this was de- brought up in the debate, actually, in the legislature. One of the uh, sponsors of the bill said that, like, one of the things and she was a she's a uh, she's a psychiatrist, but she's a doctor. Right. And she says that part of the, the problem is that when women find themselves unexpectedly pregnant, they feel like they have no options. They're suffering a trauma, right? Yeah. And so when you're in trauma, like people's, people get tunnel vision, then they can't think and they can't see all of the options available to them. And so somebody comes along and says, here's a way out. And right. if that's the only light you see in the darkness, then you're going to go towards that. And that's what, true. yeah, and so like there need to be other options and, and women need to be, informed like here are the things that are available that can help you it doesn't have to be just that one path there are other yeah, paths to take yeah. I, i'm certainly i'm certainly a pro-lifer i'm certainly i mean you know even after the tragedy uh I, and i don't I, you know and i i hate to term it like that but it was that's something that 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 that, that, I, that i that i go through but but the thing about it is i you know i can't i can't determine somebody else's uh, uh, uh life and what they want to do with their life but i would i would advise please do not do that i i would advise my children please do not do that because that is that 
you, you would never, you'll never get over it, man. Mm. You, you'll never get over it. it. It always come back to you in some manner or way. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, Tony, I appreciate you sharing that. God loves you. We love you. I appreciate it. Hope you have a great weekend. I have a great weekend. All right, man. You, take care. God bless. All righty. Um, I have a question. Why are there so many Democrats uh, so interested? Why are they so interested in letting so many people, particularly minorities, into a systemically racist country. What's the deal with that? All right, if the if if the whole system is institutionally systemically racist and it's and it's, you know, built to oppress non-whites, if that's the whole point of the society, why would you let people come here? Why what that doesn't make sense. Why? Why would you do that to them? Uh, they, because they probably don't know, right? They probably have bought the whole American dream thing. Like, you know, Tony said, this is the greatest country. Like, maybe, they, maybe they're brainwashed like Tony and I am, thinking America is great. And, uh, and it's, but, yeah, but if you believe that it's not and it's systemically racist, why would you be letting people come here why would you be wanting more people here you'd be like no stay out save yourselves in fact take me with you that but that would be sort of the logical response don't you think i mean i think so the biden administration desperate to limit border crossings this is the la times okay so it is the la times i read all of the stuff i read all of these publications you know um, that is, you know, that's, and that's part of the, that's part of my diet. It's, yeah, it helps with the purge part of the diet. I'm just kidding. I don't, just say no to bulimia. Okay. The Biden administration, desperate to limit border crossings after a key pandemic era measure expired at midnight, has slashed the amount of time that asylum seekers have to find lawyers before their crucial first interviews with immigration officials. They've cut the amount of time that you have between when you see your lawyer. So now you get 24 hours. Before, it was at least 48. So they cut that in half. The Trump administration issued a similar policy in 2019, but that effort was later blocked by a federal court. President Biden's move is the latest example of him adopting a Trump-style scheme in an attempt to manage high numbers of border crossings. Isn't that amazing? Biden's version of the policy, according to the Los Angeles Times, I mean, hardly a right-wing rag here, Biden's version of the policy went out in an email to the asylum officers and uh, has been obtained by the L.A. Times, and it gives asylum seekers at least 24 hours to find and consult with an attorney once they get information on the process. Uh, Before that, they had 48 hours from their arrival at a Department of Homeland Security facility to find a lawyer. The move 
could allow officers to more rapidly remove migrants who do not pass their first screening, which is known as a credible fear interview, right? So they sit down and they have to make their case to some agent whether or not they have a credible fear for their life if they were sent back to their home country because everybody's claiming asylum. That's what all this is about. It's all, and and I don't believe all of them. I know, oh, heartless Pete, I don't believe all of them. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. I got an email here from DK who says, uh, you are spot on about the Democrats welcoming migrants. Uh, Ask them why they are not encouraging Governor DeSantis to move migrants out of his racist Republican-led state. Great point. Right? If you really care about these people coming across the border, you don't want them living under the, uh, you know, Hitler-in-waiting, tyrannical, neo-Nazi, Republican-led states. So you should be, you should be sending planes down to texas to to be airlifting as many people out of that hellhole as possible right florida as well did you hear they just passed another piece of right-wing legislation now i don't think you're allowed to say gay i think that's what the law was you can't say gay i think that's it right anyway just from the headlines i'm, I'm going by yeah you can't even say the word it's like the weimar republic in the closing days I'm saying doesn't make any sense. Your logic, it doesn't make sense. You guys are not acting like you believe it. I'm sorry, as I said it, it's like, okay, well, that's, that's precisely the point. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, I do have something here on the uh do, 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 on the, the, the moving of the people from the states. Um, I think this is it. Let's just go in. This is John Sexton at hotair.com. The scope of the disaster really is amazing with Title 42 ending. Everyone from border state governors to blue city mayors getting ready for a new influx of migrants. Uh, there may not be a long wait because more than 100,000 people are already camped out on the Mexican side of the border waiting for the right moment. CNN reports the federal government estimates more than 150,000 migrants were waiting in shelters and on the streets of northern Mexican states bordering the U.S. 150,000 People, that is, that's about two Rock Hills or two Asheville's. That's like, yeah, the entire city of Asheville times two waiting to flood the border. Now, I know something about this. I do. I know something about this. So back in the day before Jerry Garcia passed away, I was, uh, I I was, known to attend Grateful Dead shows. Admittedly, only two before he passed away, but one of them was at RFK Stadium. 
Yes, where up in yeah Washington D.C., the home of the the team that we cannot say the name of any longer. And um, I remember I was like, well, hey, uh, Bob Dylan is opening for the Grateful Dead, so I want to see Bob Dylan before he passes away. And um, it's like a month later, Jerry died. So uh, and Bob Dylan still alive, but I got to see. Uh, I got to see the dead at RFK and Bob Dylan opened for him. And uh, it was, it was fantastic. Um, but before the show began and I had tickets up in one of the seats or whatever, and um, it's a football field and you could sit there and watch as people would start migrating down to uh, the railing at the bottom of the first row. And there would be all these people that would all gather at the bottom, and then it would just sort of like a dam break, boom, and everybody would jump over the rails, and they'd rush out onto the field. And I joined them, and then I got caught. I was a fat guy. I got caught. But then I did it again, and I got through. So, like, that's what's happening on the border. Except they're getting a little bit of help, by the way. Okay, I'm going to shift gear. Well, I got it. All right. So there's another story from... uh, Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org, I think is the, yeah, uh, Todd Bensman. He's down there, and he's been documenting what's, he noticed something happening. And he's like, this is an odd sight. There would be a, a whole bunch, like 100, 150 people sitting around at the border, like on one side of the, on the Mexican side of the river, and they're just hanging out. And then all of a sudden, uh, a Mexican official, a Mexican immigration official, will tell them, give them a sign or, you know, like tell them, like raise a hand or say something. And then all of them will stand up at once and they start swimming across the river and then they turn themselves over. And it's like these batches. And he thought this is odd. Well, it turns out the pattern is not happenstance. The Center for Immigration Studies asked several of the Mexican immigration officers what was going on and they learned that the Department of Homeland Security had been coordinating with them through the WhatsApp channel, which is an encrypted social media channel, WhatsApp. The officers say that their senior officers are in touch with U.S. Customs and Border Protection. (coughs) Protect, okay. About how many immigrants were gathered and were prepared to cross at any given time. We're letting them know that there's a group of people ready to cross, one officer said. The Americans on the other side would ask the Mexicans to hold back the migrants, not because such crossings are illegal and should be blocked and obstructed, but only because the Americans had finished processing the last batch into the country through Brownsville. Once the Americans felt like they could take in some more, they send the message that they are ready to receive them. And then the senior officials on the Mexico side radio the on the ground immigration officers that are with the migrants And then they signal to the waiting crowd, you can go forward. And then they come in. The Mexican officers said that the Americans initiated this system in late April. The process, which has never been publicized, amounts to a controlled flow system. Most often used controversially by Colombia, sorry, Colombia, Panama, and Costa Rica to facilitate mass illegal migration to the U.S. border rather than incur the expense and trouble of blocking it in those countries, right? So they allow, this is the process they use to get all of these groups of people all the way to our border so then they can all claim asylum. 
which, by the way, if you're trying to claim asylum and you're running, you're in fear for your life, right, wouldn't you claim asylum in the first country you get to? Like the first, the, at the first place that you feel safe, you're like, oh, thank goodness I'm out of that situation. I can now, you know, not be murdered and uh, I claim asylum. No, no, they keep going. They make this trek through multiple countries all the way to here. And then they find out that they, they end up in a state run by Nazis. Gosh. Shelters in Tijuana are overflowing. The director of Migrants Affairs in Tijuana called it a humanitarian crisis. The beleaguered city of El Paso, which already has more than 1,200 migrants sleeping in the streets, literally, is preparing for even larger numbers of people to be released into their streets. They have no choice now uh, to resume busing to New York City. And... The mayor today of New York City, Eric Adams, fresh off of his uh, graduation commencement or his graduation speech that he gave where half of the graduates turned their backs on him and he was being heckled throughout the event. Um, he uh, he said that he's he's urging people, uh, private property owners to start taking in migrants. This is how bad it's gotten. The uh, Yeah. So five to ten thousand people a day going to El Paso. New York City can't even handle them, but El Paso has to. They're coming to the U.S. Our job will be to continue to help to uh, uh, offer help to our asylum seekers get to their next destination, said the mayor. John Sexton at Hot Air, he says there's absolutely no reason that the city of El Paso should be asked to shoulder all of this. But even New York City has its limits. The city is reportedly planning to bus migrants to these suburbs, something that the suburban counties are trying to stop now. Like, all you sanctuary cities, where are you now? Where are you now? They're talking about putting people into tents in Central Park. We can call them Bidenvilles. That's what we're building. We're going to build shanty towns like Hoovervilles back before the Depression, right? Bidenvilles, that's what's coming. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Um, all right, let me go over here and get Ralph on the program. Hello, Ralph. What's going on, Ralph? Hey, Pete. I know your show is all about solutions. It is, and yes. Yes. And so if I was a governor of a red, red state, I would make a commercial and go on Telemundo and just say, listen, our state doesn't have all the perks that, that that all these liberal sanctuary cities have. Why not go to Chicago, New York, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. or, uh, Philadelphia, and just hit all the highlights? And there was one Telemundo reporter they used to go to, I think, to, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but... Uh, you know, they ought to say, even this guy will let you stay at his residence. Ah. And, 
Well, yeah, like along the line, like where they, they dropped off one of the busloads in front of the vice president's house. Yes, yes. Yeah, or Hollywood. Take them to Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. like this is uh, this is the whole intent. And people are like, oh, I can't believe they're doing this stunt. Yes, it's a stunt, but it's also the point, right? Like you're 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 swamping these border towns and states with people, and they're not equipped. They don't have the resources to handle them, and they're like, okay, well, this is America's problem. You don't get to offload this on everybody else. So yeah, like we're gonna spread it around. Yeah, and I'm sure they're going to send some to Charlotte. Why wouldn't we? I think we're a sanctuary city, aren't we? Did they, didn't they come out and say something like that at some point? Uh, there was all the rage a couple of years ago. Everybody was coming out of sanctuary cities, right? So, yeah, I would I would target those cities first if I were a red state governor. Well, and two, and all these organizations that are saying they're helping these, they're getting money, mm-hmm. and I and I think they're getting federal money and stuff like that. And so it's, it, this is a cash cow for everybody. Well, they, yeah, I mean, and that's what Eric Adams is trying to play uh, as well. He, he's like, we need a whole bunch more federal money because, you know, we're getting swamped. It's a crisis and all of this. So, yeah, they're they're wanting declarations of emergency so this way they can open up the federal spigots. That's what's going on, too. Uh, Ralph, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Um, in Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she's still mayor for a little bit longer uh, before the even worse mayor takes over. Um but uh, she declared a state of emergency. Uh, Lightfoot's office, according to CBS News, uh, said since the first group of migrants were bused to Chicago from Texas last August, the city has coordinated with local and state agencies to care for over 8,000 migrants. The declaration states that the number uh, that number is exceeding the city's ability to manage the inflow. 8,000 migrants. That's a week in El Paso. They've gotten 8,000 in a little less than a year. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's too many. We're a sanctuary city, but this is too much. And El Paso gets that like in a week. Politico reports Governor Kathy Huckle in New York issued an executive order to bolster the state's efforts to help New York City with an influx of asylum seekers as a federal border policy expired. Quote, It is a crisis situation, especially with the suspension of Title 42. It's no surprise that there will literally be thousands of more individuals coming across the border and ultimately finding their way to the state of New York. And John Sexton at HotAir.com says that right there is why I believe the buses full of migrants has been a net positive. Does anybody believe for an instant that the governor of New York would be calling this a crisis situation today, if not for those buses? No. No. She wouldn't be saying a word. Right? Because it would be calling attention to a negative situation that the White House does not want to talk about. If those, if those people were not being bussed up to New York, we would not hear a peep from these blue state governors and big city mayors. But now that you're part of it, now you're locked in here with us, right? Now you're talking about it. And that's good. That's good. So when enough blue state governors and mayors get tired of this crap, then maybe something will change, right? Mayor uh, Eric Adams, Politico also reports that the mayor there has been dropped from a list of Biden campaign surrogates. (laughs) Yeah. I guess he said something that the Biden administration wasn't too crazy about.
Yeah, it's over the handling of the border. There's only one reason that Mayor Adams sounds like a border state Republican governor, and it's because New York City has some significant skin in the game now, right? New York City's taken in about uh, 1,000 migrants a day. They're saying that that is going to increase. Um, the head of Mayor Eric Adams's immigration services, a guy by the name of Manuel Castro, made uh, an admission uh, at uh, the council budget hearing recently saying that the current tally of 61,000 migrants who arrived in the city will skyrocket unless something changes. There was a meeting in Chicago. They're going to turn over a school. There's like an abandoned school because, I mean, they're not using them in Chicago. So they're like, all right, uh, hey, we got this empty school. And we're going to turn it into a, a migrant facility. And the neighborhood, South Shore neighborhood, predominantly black neighborhood, they are livid. They're like, uh-uh, not in our neighborhood. You're not turning that school into There's going to be crime. There are all these people in the streets and stuff. Plus, we wanted that thing. We've been trying to get you to turn that thing over to the neighborhood for some benefit for us for all these years, and you haven't done it. It's getting ugly. 